Simon, I'm quite relieved that for a change, we're going to talk about something that happened to your body instead of mine. <laughs> yes, I know. Okay. Yeah. Because the last time we talked about, I think at least on a couple of occasions, we've talked about the violation of my body for medical purposes. Yeah, I think we've talked about it a couple of times. Yeah. Um, today, you're going to talk about something that happened to you, what, two weeks ago, three weeks yeah, ago? Two, uh, two weeks ago. Yep. And uh, it was on a particularly sensitive area of the man. Um, hmm. So, yeah, you want me to launch into it? Yeah, I think, uh, why don't you just go right into it? So, I, I think I've mentioned to you this, uh, mentioned this to you uh, a while back, but I, I've been having some tenderness in uh, the left side of my, uh, my, my boys. And uh, I, I it's come and gone, like over the last, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I'm not even kidding you. It's been probably two years. Now, just to clarify for people that may not understand that uh, expression, you're talking about your testicles. I am talking about my testicles, yes. So so the left... We do have some English as a second language <laughs> listeners that need to know uh, okay, yeah, what yeah, my boys sure. means. All right. So anyway, so my uh, my left side of my, my left testicle, let's call it, had some tenderness. And I'm not even kidding for like the last two years. Years. And it's come and gone. Uh, there have been days when it's been more and days when it's been less. And certainly there's been some, there have been some moments where I'm like, you know, like I really should get this checked out. And it's been so long. And my wife has been hounding me. She's like, go to the doctor. What's wrong with you? And, um, you know, there's a combination of being too busy and being a little bit frightened. Like, what if it's something and it's an issue? Finally, I get this uh, text from my wife, and she's like, I booked you a doctor's appointment. It's next Saturday. So I go to the doctor, and uh, I hadn't been to the doctor in years because I, I don't really have anything else wrong with me. Like, you know, I, I, I get a cold like everybody else. I, you know, like, but that's really it. Like, I, I, and, you know, sometimes every three, four, five years, whatever, I get like a gastro sickness, right, where you throw up for a little bit and, you know, something like a, like a norovirus, and then, and that's it. I, I, that, that's all I ever really get. I've had this ongoing issue, and uh, I go to the doctor. The doctor says, "You know what? We should probably uh, send you to get a, an ultrasound." And uh, I'm thinking, "Okay, no problem. I can handle an ultrasound. It's not invasive." And uh, it gets booked. I get a call. They say, "Go to the hospital. Uh, show up this day, and uh, and you're going to get your ultrasound." So I walk in, I don't have to wait very long, I go in, and just before I went, I said to my wife, I said, you know, this is the first time that, uh, you know, like, because typically, it's not a guy that does ultrasound, it's one of those jobs that for whatever reason is predominantly female, right? And yes. um, I've had ultrasound. And we've seen, we've, we've seen them generally, ultrasounds for when a woman is getting uh, one for when they're pregnant. Exactly. And I've been to many of those. So, uh, as, as have you. So, you know, like I, I, I said to my wife jokingly that morning, I said, you know, this could be, you know, this is predominantly uh, a female profession, ultrasound. I said, you know, another woman may be touching my balls. How do you feel about that? And she <laughs> laughed. Like, she's, you know, she thought it was funny. And she's like, I'm going to kill her, right? But, um, of course, all the ultrasound <laughs> technicians listening are thinking, oh, how, how sexist. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These are the conversations <laughs> taking place yeah. in bedrooms all across America and the world. Exactly. So I get to the hospital, I check in, I do my thing, and 
And uh, I sit down in the waiting room, and in my head, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's probably going to be a woman. It starts to sink in. I'm like, really? Like, another woman is going to be touching my balls. And um, so uh, I hear this voice, you know, uh, Simon, and it is a woman's voice. I look up, and it's a woman. And uh, so I I follow her into, and of course, you don't know. This could just be somebody walking you in. So, you know, she hands me this, like, robe and says, take everything off, uh, you know, from the waist down. And uh, and then just sit here on the bed. How did you know that that was the one who was going to perform the procedure? I didn't. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I didn't know. I, I I could have been a woman that just walked me in, right? And then and then right. that would have been the end of it. But uh, you know, she says take everything off, put this gown on, uh, and then you you know sit on the bed. So you know, I, I disrobe and uh, I just before she leaves, I actually said just for clarity, like you want me to take like my underwear off, right? And because I didn't know, like maybe she wants you to keep it. I didn't want to be the yep. guy that was like, hey, I'm ready, you know, and my bits are hanging out, yes. right? So, <laughs> so, so she, she says, yes, absolutely, take the underwear off. So fine, no problem. So I put the robe on. Of course, you put it on backwards, right? But it's got that wrap around thing and you tie it up and I'm sitting on the edge of the bed mm-hmm. and then in she comes. Now it's the same woman, okay? I keep in mind, there's like a bit of a surprise at the end of this. Uh, and so uh, I lay down on the bed. You know, she says, lay down. Here, I'm, I'm going to put this other robe on you. And uh, and she kind of like rests it on my uh, on my legs. And she says, okay, so I want you to pull up your, you know, the one you're wearing, the robe that you're wearing. Not robe. I don't know whatever it's called. The garment, right? The the hospital garment. And uh, there's a name for yeah, it, but I forget it what it is. So isn't it called a Johnny or something like that? Or uh, there's a name. I don't know. So I'll look yeah, it up. So she, <laughs> you do that. So she pulls it. I, I I pull it up, right? But she's got the other one resting on my legs, and she says, "What I want you to do is I want you to pull it up, and then I want you to hold." Okay, so I'm going to use the technical term. So she says, I want you to hold your penis in your hand, right? And and just expose your uh, your testicles. And then I'm going to pull the other one up, just up, like, right up against. So they're really the only thing that they're almost kind of tucked underneath my testicles. So they're like, they're kind of <laughs> popping out. And it's the only two things that are just like visible, right? My whole body's covered right, in blue. Which I think is the whole point. Right. Well, of course, that is the point. So then, so then, uh, then she, she kind of takes that, that tube of like lubricant, right? And just is like, all you hear is like that, that ketchup sound, like that, right? Like, (laughs) so that's, that's what you hear. And then I'm like, oh my gosh. And so then, and then it's quiet. Like there's nobody in here, right? It's just me and her. And there's nobody in the rest of this area. Like, like even next door, there's nobody there. I'm like the only one. But you're not in a room, like a no. I'm in. I'm in a room, room but there's like a curtain. It's not even a room. It's like it's just curtained off, right? So, and it's kind of like low lights, like it's dim, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, mood lighting, right? Yeah, I'm gonna caress your balls while you (laughs) enjoy this mood lighting. So she uh, she starts moving the the like the ultrasound equipment around, and she's on my right testicle, which is not the sensitive one. I guess this is like, I don't know if this is like to set a measuring stick or whatever, right? Like, so she's um, just kind of moving around and she's not really doing anything. She just seems to be tapping a whole bunch of buttons on this like uh, machine. And, and then her hand is just resting there for like the longest time. And, 
And then so she kind of moves the the sheet or the the other garment down a little bit on my legs. So now like a little more of my leg is exposed and I can feel like the the warmth of her arm. She has like a like a t-shirt on, right? Like not a so I can feel the warmth of her arm resting on like the inner thigh of my leg. And I'm not going to lie, it felt nice. Like it was, it okay. was, it was a nice feeling, right? Soothing. Soothing. So she's, you know, she's like caressing my balls with this, uh, you know, whatever it is, this thing, the ultrasound, the instrument. The instrument. Good, good word. Um, I'm on a roll with all the terms. Yeah, here. you are. I can see you reading like a document. Like you're like, oh, I'm going to read all these technical terms. So then she. Um, uh, so then she moves to the other side, okay, and uh, and it's it's a little more sensitive, and uh, she's careful and she's kind with my uh, my left my my left testicle, and uh, she's moving it around. Of course, she's tapping away on all these buttons and everything like that. And in my hand, uh, I've got my my penis. It's being held out of the way, right? But it's covered in this like you know garment that I'm wearing. And I happen mm-hmm. to sort of look over at her hand and I can see that she's married. So in my head, I'm like, okay, now I have a married woman touching my my testicles, right? And I can think of my wife, <laughs> like I'm thinking of my wife and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be a hilarious story tonight. Like I'm going to totally turn this into like a uh, a naughty story or something, you know, and just, just turn it, you know, just see what she does. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was actually pretty funny especially with the ketchup i mean the, the like whole the, thing started with the ketchup sounding right. gel yeah, that, that gel so then so then she's moving things around and uh, and you know and then uh, and then she says okay well i'm 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 done now but i'm going to go up to like your groin area cuz i had mentioned that you know sometimes i feel some point up uh, pain up there of course out comes that gel again like in you know like more ketchup sound and uh was it cold or was it really uh, it like, was a bit like was it, it was cold? a bit cool i wouldn't say it was cold but it, it wasn't it wasn't exactly warm right okay. and she's moving things around and there's like my balls aren't covered like everything's still exposed right while she's up now on you know sort of the top part of my groin uh, area and she's uh, moving things around tapping away on this machine well, I don't know what they do like there's a little ball on there that they move around and then they it sounds like they're typing all kinds of stuff uh, I don't know what it is and uh, and then she's she's done okay now then she says okay you can use the you know the sheets to clean up or whatever and all that kind of stuff and I'm thinking this is just so <laughs> weird. Like we had a moment and now I've got to clean up right after it. And, uh, uh, but the, the crazy part, okay. The crazy part about all of this is that this was a Muslim woman. Okay. And, and so she had like a hijab on and, uh, there were all kinds of thoughts through my head. And I mean, why wouldn't, uh, a Muslim woman do this. It's a perfectly awesome profession. Uh, it's, I mean, it's it's a noble profession. You're you're helping people discover, uh, you know, maybe problems in their body. You're helping women see the, you know, like what their baby looks like long before it's born. It's it's a fantastic profession. It's it's beautiful and it's medical and it's it's awesome. But this Muslim woman was fondling my testicles in a professional way uh, with an instrument and I had all kinds of weird thoughts that went through my head and you know I thought to myself like 
are you I, I, are you even allowed to do this? Okay, now I, I recognize. I, I just want to put this in here. Okay, I, I'm ignorant uh, when it comes to this kind of thing, so I'm not trying to offend anybody by saying this. But these are these no, are I my understand. innocent thoughts. Like I'm thinking, like is yep. this something that you're allowed to do? I mean, uh, probably right. It's medical. It's not. It's not in any way unprofessional. Um, but this, these are the thoughts that are going on in my head. And then I'm thinking, and you're married. Like, does your husband know that you get to do this? Like, is this okay? Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 this is really interesting. I think, uh, I think it's, this is part of why we do this podcast because we both think the same way when it comes to these sorts of things. Now I, I will say, I think, you had a very a real preoccupation with this before you even left the house that it would possibly be a woman performing this procedure, which I find a little bit odd that you actually put thought to that enough that you would have a conversation and it was it was all in humor, but I when I've I've had a couple of ultrasounds done and it didn't even cross my mind whether it would be a male or a female. So I just find it funny that you actually thought about who's going to do this and it's probably going to be a woman or could be a woman. And you actually had a conversation with your wife about it. (laughs) That that part actually makes me laugh a a bit because it's funny that you put that much thought into it. Oh, yeah. Like we talked about it. And (laughs) I don't know. I. I did, I, I will say this, I came home that night and she asked me how everything was and uh, I turned it into a, a funnier story, but it would, you know, I, I turned it into a bit of a naughty story and of course she was like, oh, get lost, right? Like, you know, um, anyway, it, it was funny. I, it, it, I think, to, you know, to your other point about the fact that you identified that this was a, a, a woman who's religion potentially precludes her from handling the male body uh, or being involved in something like this. And I think that's worth looking into a bit because I would say I'm as ignorant about it as you are. And people listening to this might might be maybe offended. It's the wrong word, but <laughs> might be like, well, what do you mean? This You don't understand one thing about... No, I, I got to tell you, being I, a- I, I know what you're saying, but I mean, I, why wouldn't... I mean, it's a perfectly... Uh, honorable profession and um, if she had found something that was of um, concern you know I would be the first person to say oh my gosh thank you you just saved my life or you know you've alerted me to this problem that I can now take care of I will say this I did hear from the doctor um, uh, sorry sorry just to go back I just to finish that thought why wouldn't God want uh, you know, her to do that uh, and and potentially save lives. So to me, no matter what God you worship, I would think that that God would be quite happy to have you being involved in, um, you know, saving human lives. So, um, yeah. But there are some religions who disagree with certain medical procedures like blood yeah, transfusions. Yeah, and again, I so, just want to say that I'm coming at this from a completely innocent and non-offensive way. Like, I wasn't, yep. I was... Oh, well, I yeah, get that. I know you do. I just want to make sure that if anybody hears this and says, wait a minute, this guy's crazy. I'm not. I'm just, I'm uneducated. So, <laughs> that's the difference. Well, um, before we move on, there's two things. I want to I want to ask you one more thing. Yeah. And I also, of course, want to hear if you have 
received some results. Oh, from I this. did. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, you know, you mentioned things like the typing sounds and I, the cold gel or, or this, you know, just the medicalness of it or the technicalness of it all. I, my biggest fear when it comes to these types of things is getting aroused and, you know, it being there being visible evidence of such a thing. That would have been my biggest fear in this. But I've been through these procedures before and it's anything but arousing. So it's like one of those you don't have anything to worry about it's because it's just not going to happen it's just so not i did have that concern like that i did have that concern going into it i thought what if i you know end up getting um you know an erection and uh sure um but yeah you walk in there and you're like oh this is not it's not a like you're you're so compromised right like it, it it's not yeah they do a very good job of of not getting you into that frame of mind or or even allowing it it's just uh, it's just so clinical it is very clinical it's just yeah. it's just you'll just never go but there. i, I but and of, that's interesting yeah. I, of course i did have that thought walking in i thought oh my gosh what if i do get an erection she's gonna think i'm you know pervert or i'm turned on or something like that but of course that yep. didn't happen i i you know, it's it's weird, and so I did get uh, I did get results. Um, and when I heard back from the doctor, I was very pleased to uh, hear that they found nothing of any kind that was mm-hmm. there wasn't mm-hmm. anything that was out of the ordinary. So well, that's that's good to hear. So uh, you know, my next step for that is is to get uh, like. Uh, blood tests and uh i'll i'll let you know how that goes i'm supposed to go tomorrow so um yeah well i'm glad to hear they didn't find anything and and uh, i've also as we've discussed before had some of my own medical issues or or symptoms similar to what you're describing you know some stomach pains i've had and cramping and bloating and different things that was never I, one thing I read, if it gives you any comfort, which it doesn't, probably doesn't now that you've been checked out, was that when it comes to things like testicular cancer, which could have been one of your... It was definitely one of my concerns. One thing that I forget whether I read it or whether my doctor told me, and there's a big difference between the two. Uh, as we know with Google, you can get down into these rabbit trails of, of horror when it comes to reading about things like this. But I did read that when it comes to testicular issues like that there usually is no pain associated with it that's what i've heard as well it's also something that plagues men under the age of 30 uh typically yeah um and those pains you mean the pain or those the no sensations no testicular cancer yeah oh, okay um, yeah okay yeah i i just um i don't think i was I mean, I don't think I was really super worried about it being testicular cancer. I think something that I did Google was testicular torsion, um, which is something where, like, you know, the testicle gets twisted. And I didn't know this until I started doing research on it. But there's sort of a web of veins down there that the the testicle kind of sits in, almost like in a... (laughs) and <laughs> it's like an egg basket right like um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know it, it the the veins can get twisted a nest yeah almost like a nest yeah and the veins can get twisted and wrapped around the testicle and if it's very very bad uh it can actually kill the testicle um so and wow. it's quite painful it can be quite painful and um you know, a good doctor will be able to go in and sort of untangle it, but sometimes they have to go in and mm-hmm. medically do it. I did turn, 
like I, sorry, I did uh, do some research on it and I thought, oh my gosh, if that's the case, like I'm not looking forward to this. But, uh, and I, I don't know, maybe that is the case. I, but they didn't seem to find anything in the ultrasound. So, so that I assume the ultrasound was looking for abnormal growths, lumps. That's what I would think. Things like yeah. that. But yeah. I would think because your thing, your tangled web. <laughs> what, what did they? I don't know. Did they, I don't know what, if that what, covers what, it. How do they know about? I that? don't know. I, I if if uh, I would think that an ultrasound would see that as well. But you know, if uh, if it didn't, then uh, I don't know where to go from here. So we'll take it step by step. Until then, my uh, my balls are gonna hurt. All right, cool kids. Oh, yeah. No, it's not cool kids. You wanted to talk about what makes just people cool, right? Or yeah, well, no, you and I, we both take public transit, right? Um, you take the subway in Japan. I take the GO train here in uh, in the Toronto region. I also take the, the subway in Toronto. And, um, you know, because you're on public transit, you get the opportunity to watch a lot of people. You do a lot of people watching, right? Absolutely, yes. Think a lot and you get to, you know, you lock eyes with people and sometimes you do that thing where you lock eyes with somebody and you're like, that guy's dangerous looking and you like quickly look away. Um, some guys yep. you're like, I'm going to totally stare this guy down and then he looks away and you're like, yeah, I win, right? Um, <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> you lock eyes with a girl and you're like, oh my gosh, she's really pretty. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm married. I can't stare at her because she's going to think I like her. And, you know, sometimes you're like, you know, sometimes, yeah, so... Uh, it's it's weird, but you get this opportunity to look at people sometimes when they're not looking at you and you get to stare at them and you get to analyze who they are and, and you mm -hmm. make up stories in your head about, you know, yes. where does this guy come from? Where does this girl come from? Where, you know, where do they work? What kind of profession are they in? You know, do they have lots of friends? Do they, holy crap, that guy looks cool, right? And And I do this all the time where you see somebody that's, you know, they got, They've got charisma. They've got like an aura about them and they've got a confidence that you look at them and you think, geez, that guy is cool. I I don't even think I could be that guy's friend. He's out of my league in terms of coolness. And um, I just... Yet you haven't even had a conversation you, with them. You're basing this purely on oh, looks. Oh, completely. And the, and the person's like staring out the window. Like they're not even looking at you. Um, anyway, I had this... Uh, experience the other day where I saw these guys and the two of them, they were really cool looking, right? You know, they had cool clothes and bracelets on their arm and tattoos and, but not like, like not a sleeve or anything like that. Just like nice one or two, uh, on their arms. And, you know, they had just this aura about them that you're like, this guy's cool. And I started thinking like, what makes people cool? What is it? And I, I don't have an answer other than it might come down to uh, the way they present themselves and the way they feel about themselves. But then when I started dissecting that thought, I was like, okay, but hold on. There are also people that think they're cool and they're not. So what is it? You know, like you <laughs> yeah. ever seen that guy that's just, or that girl that's like, oh, I'm so cool. But you're like, oh my gosh, you're so not cool, which is so, it's super critical. And I don't want to be critical. I'm not that kind of... No, I totally get what you're saying. There's a... There is a... And I think this comes down to... It's how you think of yourself certainly as part of it. The confidence, positive thinking, positive mindset. 
that's sort of the inside of what's going on potentially. And I have seen exactly what you've described before, the one that that's confident and just looks at and and you never have a word at all with them and you've just made gone and made this assumption and then you'll see another person where you do get to engage say it's somebody like at at work like a senior maybe a senior Mm -hmm. person in your organization where all you've seen is pictures of them or heard that maybe even maybe even heard just their voices but generally a lot of companies senior management if they're good, you hear from them a lot. You see them a lot, if it's possible. Um, obviously, the bigger a company gets, the harder that can be. But uh, generally, your only impression of a senior management type person is a picture. The the external aspects, moving into the external side, I think things like how they have their hair, what kind of glasses they wear, what kind of clothes they wear. So it's I think it's a two. It's definitely. And there's two sides of it. There's how you look and how you think that projects these levels of confidence. And I don't think you're looking for an answer. Well, maybe you are looking for an answer because I've 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 pondered this very same topic before, and I've we've all met that person who looks the part, and then as soon as they start speaking, sometimes as soon as they start speaking, you realize, oh, okay. This is just a facade. They're not actually all that there. They're not the the person they're projecting themselves to be when you look at them. Right, yes. And then you've got the one who can pull off looking the part and acting the part. And then at some point, a shoe ends up dropping, you know, and you realize, oh, now we see who we're dealing with here. This guy looked cool. He sounded cool. Now we've seen his first challenge and he's completely fallen flat on his <laughs> right. face. And the fake, the whole fakeness has, has been exposed. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you and I both try to be the kind of people... I, I think if you, if you met us on the street, uh, I don't think you'd find that we're much different than the way we're talking now. Like, I think we're pretty much the same people. I and mean, some days we have uh, great days and we're totally on and full of life. And other days we're like, eh, you know, today's not the greatest day. But I think we wear our emotions and our hearts on our sleeve. And um, I don't think we have a facade about us. I think we're pretty much who we are. And uh, I like that aspect of me. I've had colleagues tell me in private in other uh, in other workplaces where, you know, they might be critical of other people and, uh, you know, they, but they might say to me like, oh man, like, but the thing about you is that you're real. Like, because I will tell people how I'm feeling, you know, how you doing today, Simon? Eh, it's a good day, I guess, you know? Oh, why? Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, I saw, you know, this happen or this, uh, you know, I got this going on in my life. I mean, I'm not a drip about it, you know, like I'm not ruining people's yep. day, but I'm just saying like, I'm not going to say every day is great. It's not. Every day is not great. How's today? That's good. You know? Well, that brings up another topic that is related, and that is the guy who you ask or the girl who you ask, how's it going today? And they always say, fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) It's not. I guarantee you it's not. Fantastic? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Every day is not fantastic. I wonder sometimes, though, is it, are they of the minority of people out there who and maybe I'm completely off base by saying the minority of people, but are they among a, a group who are just always extremely positive about 
what's happening to them, whether there's bad things happening or not, they're still having a fantastic day. I struggle with that. Mm. I struggle with with that. I, I think that you don't use the word fantastic to describe a day where you've just found out somebody's not doing well in your family or you had a crisis of some sort. Right. Yeah. But then, and let's face it, I mean, everybody's that, got something going on some of the time. So you have a work persona, which I think is authentic. You personally, I, I mean, I mean, I haven't worked with you in a in a, like in an office in a professional setting, but I I know that you, from what I know about you, I'm sure you you present yourself in a very authentic way. And I've heard the same thing said about me that I'm authentic, that I am. But I also have had the same comment that. And then you've made it that I'm like an onion where you don't always know what's happening until you start peeling back the uh, layers yeah, and learning more first. about who I am. Right. Yeah. But I think on the on the basic premise of just what you do have on the surface, I think both of us are are pretty authentic. Right. And and wear our hearts on our sleeve. So, and uh, okay. So then that comes back to uh, are you and I cool? I mean, is that is that cool, mm-hmm. right? And and why do we look at other people and go, oh my gosh, that guy's cool? So the weird thing about this conversation, or not conversation, but the weird thing about this experience was, I looked at this these two guys that were on the subway, and um, I kind of locked. No, I didn't lock eyes, but you know how you have that that awkward exchange where you look at somebody and then you're like, oh, I'm kind of staring at them, so I'm going to look away now, and then. You look back and they're looking at you again and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to start something with this individual. So uh, you look away and then you look back again because now it's become a bit of a train wreck. And every time you look at them, they look at you and you're like, oh my gosh, now I'm in like this weird look battle, right? And you're, you, you know, sometimes they'll look away and sometimes you'll look away and now you're like, oh, this is strange. So... I I, st- I I thought to myself like if this guy ever came up and was like you know hey man what are you looking at I would just be like dude I'm I was sort of like looking at you saying into my head you're really cool I don't understand I, I want to be that cool I don't know how he would have said it this is awkward the way I'm saying it now but no I know like I would have tried to say something like and diffuse the whole situation because that's really how it started like I was just looking at the guy because he was cool and I thought you know, this spawned this whole conversation I had in my head by myself that I had an argument with this guy in my head by myself that didn't even exist. Uh, you yes. know, like, oh, it was so weird. And then, and that's why I talked to you about this. I said, what is it that makes people cool? Like, why do we stare at people and go, that dude's cool or that girl looks really cool? And I don't know. There's a lot of topics in here. I mean, number one, you have the cool topic and what makes people cool and what makes us think they're cool and what may, and really are they cool or are they not cool? This is a definitely we could unpack this one in a few different ways. I think one observation I will make, maybe it's similar to the observation I made earlier, is that you seem to have a lot of interactions with people that go beyond just a quick glance and then a <laughs> look back. I mean, you're you're engaging with a lot of people by the sounds of it. Like, I mean, I've done that too, where I'll look at someone, they look at me, and then I make sure I, that's the last time I get caught looking. <laughs> Whereas you sound like you have a little bit of a, a seesaw going with like people. I mean, does this happen on a regular basis? I don't know if it happens on a regular basis, but enough to say that... You know, this is, uh, I don't know. I think that, there, I think anybody that would listen to this would say, 
you know, you know what? I've been in that situation. I know exactly what he's talking about, and I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. I do, um, I do, and I think you're right. People would agree and have had been in these scenarios before, which is what makes this interesting. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I don't know what makes people cool. Uh, I was hoping you could answer that question, but uh, apparently you can't. So, not really. I mean, I have often pondered the what makes kids cool, mm, right? And I think we'll do that on a separate t- discussion because I, I do want to unpack that a little bit, like that cool kid. In grade seven, that everybody, you know, there was always that the cool, the coolest kid in the class, right? And and it, it progresses, right? I don't know when it started. When I when when I first started noticing this, or when people first like, when do you? Another thing we could unpack: when do you start presenting as cool? Like, what at a, at a, what age does it start? Yeah, yeah. Could it start at <laughs> two, at five, at nine? Like, I, because yeah. there are so many things that factor into cool like we were saying earlier about how you dress so the the cool kid in grade seven with the leather jacket in in grade seven yeah yeah like the kid with the leather oh, yeah, jacket that kid's cool you know, that back in our generation yeah. when we were that age you know leather jackets were you know something that could be cool no listen and i i don't know if it's happening in japan but right now you will see uh, you know, so like my youngest daughter, who's nine, has a leather jacket. Now it's it's faux leather, like it's not like we paid four hundred dollars for like this uber fine leather jacket or anything like that. We we you know I think it was actually given to us as a gift by a grandparent, but um, which sounds like it the way I just said that and out of like I I, I listened to it out of my mouth and I'm like oh my gosh, it sounds like we're so uh, entitled. But anyway. The point is, she has this jacket, and she's not the only one. She's nine years old, and she's going to school in this, you know, fancy uh, leather jacket. And uh, maybe they, maybe your grand, the grandparents wanted to make her more cool. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's or well, I'm impressed that they gave her something that she actually wants to wear. Oh, she's a bit of a fashionista. She's got a real well, eye. right? But how often do gr- but how often do grandparents give their grandchild something that the kid actually wants to wear? I think that's pretty good. Nah, I think she picked it. I think she okay. sort of like spotted it at some point and said, "Oh, I want that jacket." And then uh, you know, magically it I arrived, at, you know, big Christmas difference. or a birthday or something like that. I see. Okay, that's a big yeah. difference because I was going to say that's pretty cool if grandparents actually. I mean, how often did you get? presents from aunts or uncles or grandparents where you were like "Uh oh my mom i don't like this yeah your parents oh here have this sweater no thanks mom i mean i love my parents but uh yeah yeah you're right you get gifts all the time and you're like oh that's this nice but i'm never gonna wear this ever 